Welcome to our Transformers podcast. I'm Sean. Thomas. Sammy B. And together we are... Sparkcast. Sparkcast. Someone was off. I'll just adjust the audio by half a second. (laughs) (laughs) It's fine. Today we're going to be continuing the same two stories we just previously heard in our last podcast, only now they are now a VHS. Yes, because everyone loves to film their camera at a book and use that as the basis for a VHS. What did you think of Sammy? So uh, I actually enjoyed these stories. Um, I thought, one, Crotch Megatron is back. Crotch Trigger Megatron is back. And like... Any art with him and, like, the old, like, toy designs of the Transformers is fantastic. Yeah, that was the, uh, that was the first, one of the first things I noticed that, like, oh, this is, like, it's been a while since I saw, like, the gun design. Like, the original, like, a straight up just, like, handgun. (laughs) So, obviously, the designs were based on the original toy models, not from the cartoon show. Yeah, which is, I, I like it. I I really like those designs in that it's so 80s and so terrible. He has a funny looking head. Yeah, I can't, I can't stop staring at the crouch trigger. I can't. So before we, what did you think of all the voices, the four main characters, which are Soundwave, Megatron, Prowl, and Optimus Prime? And Skyfire, well, Does he, even he talk? keeps saving, he doesn't, he talks like, I think once maybe, but he keeps saving the day. Also, Casey Kasem is the narrator, which I love Casey Kasem. Wait, what? And was that is no. are you sure? Yeah. No, the, it on the I'm pretty sure on the wiki it said all the voices in the narrator are undocumented or uncredited. That's fine, but that is definitely Casey Kasem. I know he has range. Mm-hmm. I mean I feel like I would know Like I don't that well, I don't know if, him. I don't. No, 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 hold on. I don't know if he's doing the other character voices. I'm just saying that he's doing like the narrator. So they all sounded like they were the same person. It sounded like the narrator was doing the voices for all the characters with just what? a little bit of like light, light modulation. <sighs> I thought they were all distinctively different characters. Yeah, I don't think they're all distinctively different, but like it might have been like two or three char- two or three uh, voice actors. It's not even like a real motion comic or motion book. It it seems pretty low budget. That would seem like a lot to spend on oh. multiple characters. It's, and even if it was just one guy, to spend that much money to get Casey Kasem, is he like a big fan? He just did it as like a favor. <laughs> I mean, this was before Transformers was big for one thing and also before i think casey was big i mean like he was i want to say like he's like he's still a good voice actor and he was doing all the things but like i don't think it was he isn't as high profile as you think he is oh i mean i yeah i i don't have any background as to how this would have been made so yeah i I mean i don't either (laughs) because i know he definitely he he has iconic voices that you would recognize immediately, but he does do some roles where his voice, you you, you don't recognize it immediately. He does have oh, range. Oh, for sure. Right, no, so he I, really does have I'm range. Just, I think I'm just disagreeing with both of you. I don't think it's Casey Kasem. They would have mentioned that clearly in anything. Go ahead. The only way that 
I could tell that it was is because of that intro. That is the Casey Kasem top 40 voice. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm going to have to listen to it again because, yeah, I, okay. I know what you're talking about, Sammy. So, yeah, I, I, I should say I'm going to go back and listen and like, so pay what more about, attention. So their voices, did you actually like the way they portrayed <laughs> Megatron and Optimus? Not their not their personalities, just the voices themselves first. Yeah, no, the uh, <laughs> they're okay. Megatron, everybody, everybody was okay except for Megatron. Megatron, I was okay with for a little bit, and then he started just rolling his arms all the time, and I'm like, you are like a prototype of Eggman from the AOSTH cartoons. I thought, I thought that was great. <laughs> I was, I didn't need this. <laughs> I thought it was great in like a jokey way. Like this guy is like, I want to be an actor. Like, why well, I don't want to just do these voice roles. <laughs> it, that was around the point where I, I was noticing that they were using a lot of like flowery language and stuff like that to extend the the text so that it lasted longer. Megatron insults Optimus Prime twice when he could have only done it once. Yeah, but those insults were so fun. Like they weren't cheesy, like the Flash animations we watched. I mean, they were still cheese, but like they were quality cheese. Saying that I will remove the yoke of your existence from around my neck. I, I, exactly. I thought, quality I thought that was cheese. a good line, but come on, why would you? That's kids. That, that's not. That's too much for a kids book. <laughs> I, I liked it. <laughs> And then, but I actually thought everybody's voice was fine. My okay. issue was with Soundwave. With his personality? Well, with his voice. Okay. It wasn't Soundwave's voice. I mean, it, obviously, I don't think they're going to use... Well, I don't know why. They couldn't just do their own kind of, like, voice modulation. Like, they do... They are doing a little bit, but they, mm-hmm. I guess maybe they just didn't have the capability to go all the way with Soundwave to make it, like, how it is in the show. Well, did this come out before the show did? I mean, because it feels like it had to have if it still had those designs. Well, it says 1985. It would have been after it's already aired. So that probably means they were developing it beforehand and it was released after. Right. That's That would at least be my assumption, is that they, didn't, they finished it after it was released. That's why they all look like the toys, but not like the cartoon. Yeah, that makes sense. And I feel like if, they, if it was in production, too, like they hadn't solidified... Um, who was who and like the characters and like yeah, their roles because who acts out a character here everyone on the Decepticon side well there's only what two there were only two yeah well, well technically there were three Laserbeak showed up like Megatron and Soundwave flew away uh, and took to the skies Megatron was flying just in his regular form he didn't transform or anything <laughs> but behind him was a bird because I assume when if Soundwave was going to fly he would just be I know it wasn't just a seagull in the background because you also don't have, like, <laughs> extremely angular wings <laughs> or Decepticon logos. Okay. I don't know. Did you see the art of this? <laughs> yeah, I yeah, I maybe I got it mistake with one of these coffee skin you designs. Your hopes, you were getting your hopes up because you were like, is this it? Just two? Just two Decepticons. Three to four Autobots. I mean, that's how that goes. That's yeah, I, normal. Yeah, I, yeah, like, just the webcomic that we just did, there were, what, two Decepticons? But yeah. then I like how... Soundwave is like a, is sniveling, always afraid of he Megatron. He is whining, yeah. and I'm just like, what kind of continuity reason can we come up with for why he's like this after some of the cartoon episodes? So maybe he's dejected after so many failures. So that's one and thing. Down on himself, you know, starts cutting himself the way you do when you're made <laughs> of metal. <laughs> so that's one thing that I'm just generally genuinely curious about. These lower budget things where they only have enough space, enough room, enough money to work with only a handful of characters. How do they decide which characters they're going to use? 
I don't know. I guess you can toss a coin and say maybe both Soundwave and Starscream, they're both equally prominent. I, I would say Starscream is more so these days. They they chose Soundwave in this in, for this book, for both of them, but he gave they gave him basically Starscream's like role and personality. But without trying to take over the Decepticons, he's just the sniveling version. Yeah, and like Megatron's beating up on him like he would with Starscream. And, I mean, Megatron kind of beats up on every Decepticon. But Megatron is out of character in the second book because he's like, he's impatient. He's not really smart. And he's like, he forgets his own plans. And like, yeah, (laughs) Soundwave was like, you know, you came up with a better plan. I think you should actually do this. This this new plan that you're coming, with, up, coming up with on the spot, I don't think that's going to work. Well, what's funny is Soundwave actually tricks him and says, you know, no, this isn't my idea. This was your plan from earlier. And Megatron's just like, sure, okay. And then I'm like, then what was the point of that whole page since he just two pages later completely disagrees with him and does it again? I'm still confused by the entirety of the plots of how geography works and how anything works in the earth. There are a lot of logic issues with these books. Some stuff I've just, I chose not to put in my notes. It's like, I can't nitpick everything. <laughs> this is a kid's book. So, so let's yeah. start. So let's start with the first story, Satellite of Doom. Sammy, would you like to recap and summarize what you think happened? This is going to be terrible because I'm so tired watching this, but um, <clears throat> Megatron is trying to make a giant diamond so he can put it into space and somehow harness the sun's energy to burn everything. Melt things. What's he Sorry, making? melting things. So he can get oil. And it was the forest? And the forest melts to get oil? I didn't... I like. I feel like I, I missed something in between while I was watching. Oh, he was he was simply melting the Colorado Rockies to get coal, even though he used, he used the coal to make the no, diamond in the first place. he didn't melt them to get coal. He, were, he was melting the Rockies to get oil, to convert oh, convert everything to oil. Well, I didn't understand why his plan was so roundabout. Like, he had 100 square miles of coal underneath the desert. 200. You also just had diamonds. square miles, yes. Yes. So what if you have that, why don't you just make a coal company plant he on filled top of it the desert, all with coal exactly. and then trans and then transform that coal into energon like you do with every other energy source bam you have enough for like 20 spaceships or so but now nah, we had to melt the entirety of the earth but the whole point of doing this was because they needed energy where did they get all the energy and resources to make the giant cavern to make the rocket ship to launch the, the fuel to launch it into space to set up the satellite that was already in space. It's ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. And also, oh, so I looked this up. You know how they used lectinite explosives? Lectinite is not a real thing. I looked it up. Oh, really? Yeah. In fact, the only search results that come up are this storybook. <laughs> Somebody asked me, I read this book as a kid. What is lectinite? Okay, let's start with one before we get to millions. They say, Skyfire flies over a lifeless body. Yep. And I'm like, Oh, dead, right here in the beginning. No, later Optimus says, a page later, oh, that guy's only unconscious to make sure the kids know he's not dead. And then only two pages later, they blow up hundreds of humans inside with the diamond. No, they buried them alive They buried them alive. He blew, well, before he pressed the button to blow them up, he talked about how they were whining before he buried them alive. And then he gloated about how their their remains were going to be fossil fuel. And then he blew them up. <laughs> and I'm just imagining a giant diamond with the pieces of bodies and bones stuck in this diamond in space. 
And then again, this was in, I forget the name of the desert, but it was supposed to be a desert in Africa. The Kalahari Desert. The Kalahari Desert in Africa. Mm -hmm. So they they would need to have transported this giant diamond to the the jungle in Brazil. I think it was like near the Matos River or something like that. So again, brings up the question, where are they getting the fuel? Don't they have enough energy if they're carrying this giant thing? Mm -hmm. And where, how is nobody noticing any of this? The, the missing people that have been in his mind, the giant hole. Well, they're they're not missing. He lured them there because of their greed somehow. <laughs> <laughs> this plot just falls apart the more we're talking about it. You put an ad in the personal paper. Come work in the desert in the middle of nowhere. Must want money. Lots of it. <laughs> well, not actually a lot of money, as we'll get to during the next uh, summary of the next book. Oh, my God. That made me crack up. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Hold on. First, uh, Sammy, so what do you think about all the death and destruction of humans? There was a thing that happened. In a kid's book? Yeah, that's fine. It was the 80s. Yeah, I've never seen that before in any of my children's books. That was the first one. Good thing I didn't have this growing up. Oh, wait, I did. <laughs> <laughs> They were just trying to teach teach kids about death early. Like it's okay, just don't think too hard about it. I saw Transformers the movie. I was I'm fine. Yeah. So I asked my friend who knows math, and I was a little confused about one of the lines. Okay, so in the book it says the temperature jumped upward ten times a thousand fold. So the way that is worded, the temperature would be multiplied by ten thousand. So 60 times 10,000 would mean it got up to 600,000 degrees. In the path of the beam. Surely, well, yes, it, the beam will probably heat up some of the air around it. But I don't think heat transfer... No, no, no. It said the temperature of the Earth increased by that. Oh, Not the spot of the laser. The entire planet. Yeah. And they were like, it's just, you know, the power of a hydrogen bomb in the planet. Yeah, they. Th- I, that was one thing I noticed. It just seemed like... After the talk of the giant 200-square-mile cavern and, what did they say, like 4 billion cubic pounds of coal or something like that, and then you're talking about all this stuff, everything is, has to be so extreme. <laughs> like, I know it was the 80s and everything had to be the most extreme. ever. Extreme! Right? No, no, the 90s would be the extreme era, okay? Right. Come on. Street Sharks, uh, yeah, Ninja Turtles. <laughs> yeah, the math, a lot of this stuff just seemed just so off why does it have to be why can't it be something reasonable like you guys are trying to stay like under the radar this isn't this isn't under the radar yeah i just remember how confused we were (laughs) whatever time ago it was when we listened to it the first time i'm like is this really happening (laughs) because we were we were like experiencing it for the first time as we were listening to it i'm like what is going on four pages is just describing how the planet's like you know effed up beyond repair and the book doesn't tell you the Earth is fine at the end. It doesn't say, well, we, you know, put that iceberg over there and the temperature came back. They're just like, nope, we stopped the Decepticons. The end. I should have took notes Earth of that. Earth is still but screwed. Yeah, the, the narrator kind of ended the book with, yeah, yeah, happy ending, all that stuff. No. Millions of people died. It wasn't just the people in the cavern. They blew up the Rockies. They said that... Like Los Angeles was being drowned or something? Well, they, yeah, Los Angeles was was going to be next all the stuff melted in lava and oil specifically said lava and oil mm-hmm. and that it was threatening los angeles so basically colorado all that stuff i mean if it, <laughs> if it's already reaching los angeles all the other stuff is just gone there's just like a crater of lava 
And not to mention that it was setting off volcanoes around the planet and causing earthquake earthquakes elsewhere. No, that's not a happy ending. Well, well hold on. He said, <laughs> for the moment, the planet was safe again. The end. For the moment. For the moment. It's fine. We're just we're just fixing the earth. Like between here and the next story, everything will be fine. Off screen healing. The one thing I I just realized having done our podcast, they have a drone. The Autobots have a drone that can read human brains. I'm like, way to take Soundwave's power away from him so he's no longer unique now. You put that too nicely. They basically probe a kid's mind without their his permission. Like, well, he was lifeless. Then they found out he was unconscious. So then they were like, all right, doesn't matter. We got to do this. And we needed information. So, you know. You know, when terrorists are running muck, you know, you can't give, you know, one iota of their pri- of everyone's privacy, right? Just read their phones. Everybody's phones. And the other thing that oh. was weird was was Bumblebee. Oh, so <laughs> Bumblebee doesn't exist in the storybook. So what they did was use a cutout of Bumblebee's art from the figure and slide him across the screen. <laughs> it was a weird overlay. It was like that was quality. That was quality animation, guy. <laughs> yeah, that was something. They had to like make some exclusives for the video for the VHS as opposed to the book that didn't have this stuff. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, they made a spaceship too because the spaceship didn't actually appear in the beginning. <laughs> and it's funny that they did that because they never talk about him ever again. <laughs> like when Skyfire failed to like shoot down the satellite i was thinking uh, well bumblebee was there they said megatron and soundwave weren't aware that he was there so obviously bumblebee's gonna do something but then skyfire fails optimus and them they fit well i guess no they did triumph eventually they didn't they they weren't able to act soon enough to stop megatron from destroying yeah several states (laughs) (laughs) what did so any uh any more thoughts on plot all that stuff sammy on this first episode, no. There was, I mean, like weird animation things. Yeah, the arts, the arts, really bad. I didn't. There, mind there's it at first. one of the pictures. Like, looks like that Megatron just didn't have legs. They're just gone. <laughs> yeah, we're looking at a picture where a lot of his detail is. It's as if a child decided to draw it. We're looking at on his mm-hmm. chest piece, there's just weird squiggly lines. Well, that's because his... that's what his figure actually looks like. I mean, they brought the squiggly lines back. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Wow. No wonder they changed it. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I don't. We don't need to talk about the art too much, other than just it looks like someone uh, drew it and then put crayons in it. <laughs> yeah, it's a lot of watercolor stuff. Like you, you can't really do a lot of watercolor, a lot of detail with watercolor. Yeah. Um, and there were just other, like two other lines that I just thought were funny. The way that Megatron was just like slaves, like the most incredulous, like I don't know, whatever. That line bothered me. <laughs> just from a voice acting perspective, I was like, "What is? What just happened?" And then also just prepare to meet your mechanic, Optimus. And I thought that was cute. I yeah, uh, that was the the one cheesy line. I was like, "Oh, this is dumb." <laughs> I thought, I was like, "No, that makes sense." I mean, but uh, yeah, I mean, that's that's, that's all I got. I can't nitpick too much a children's book. It, it was cute. I guess so, I want to ask you, Sean, since you actually have the physical book itself. Oh yeah, with the record, does it have like a few pages at the beginning or the end that is just like a list of terms and like definitions for just words and stuff? No, uh, it's advertisements for all the other books on story. Okay, tape. so there's no other. Okay, yeah, 
Buy all the other merchandise from all the other cartoons you like. So how many other versions, well, how many other books are there? On audio so tape? On audio tape or physical form. This 27. Is oh, there's 27 of these. Okay. What? All right. What? Yeah. What? Because I happen to see another video, and of, we're gonna and we're gonna listen to every one of them. I happen to see another video of another one where at the beginning of the VHS video, they break down. Well, they yeah, don't break what are you down. Doing? That's too far. Ahead. But I just want to know. I want to segue into something. They list a bunch of terms that are going to be used in the story, yeah. like just words that like kids wouldn't understand. So they were like explaining like what an iceberg was and what mm-hmm. an ice cap was. And I thought that was pretty funny. I was wondering if this, if the book you had actually it contained that, and maybe the guy who uploaded the video didn't no, didn't show it. I have the actual VHS tape of this that I watched because I got it on eBay years ago. I actually converted it to a DVD, and so I saw the whole beginning. Like the YouTube, the one on YouTube forgets the the credits and the. Um, I was actually tempted to upload it because I didn't think anyone it existed anywhere on the internet. Oh, but you found it. But yeah, the beginning is just the the, the logo, and nothing else extra is is missing. But I did see there's one other storybook VHS other than this one. Yeah. It also has two stories on it. And it yeah. has definitions before each story to help kids learn stuff. Yeah, and the reason I brought up the definition stuff is just I was noticing, like I mentioned before, of, of the flowery language that Optimus and Megatron were using. I wrote down a sentence that I thought was pretty good. This is a bit much for kids. This reminds me of like old Silver Age comics and stuff like that. I think people talk about how like X-Men just uses a bunch of languages. This is just not normal. Uh, this is what uh, Optimus says. Millions will pe- perish in the ensuing calamity of Megatron's debased thinking. When he was talking about, he said that in response to Megatron basically succeeding and getting the satellite in the space. <laughs> yeah. What about how they described Megatron's smile? I didn't even know what that word meant. I had to look it up and saw that it meant like just, you know, showing no emotion, but somehow smiling, <laughs> I guess, or his face. Um, I can't remember the word now. I mean, trying to teach kids new, better words. But when you mention Silver Age Comics, that segues right here into the artists and writers of this very well-detailed book. So the writer, you'll never guess that he went on, uh, John Braden, to become a country singer and wrote all the storybook cassette and records that this company put out. So we have him to blame. How bad are his song lyrics? Did he hire a songwriter? Well, there's no, you notice there's no theme or song at the beginning or any, ending of any of these. That was one m- missed potential. Uh, so for the artists, we have Pablo Marcos. And he actually worked as a Marvel comic artist for Savage Sword of Conan in the 70s and 80s. Did some Batman and Teen Titans. And did some Marvel 70s horror comics. Even he actually, I actually own some of his comics. He did the Star Trek The Next Generation comics from DC Comics. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I've seen his work before. It all came, became full circle when he did uh, Red Sonja comics a few years ago. Dude, I'm glad he's still having he has work. The other artist, Judith Marcos, was actually his daughter that helped him with his art duties. That's actually pretty cute. I couldn't see uh, any other um, stuff that she had done, at least from the information that I found. That was our brief creator intermission. Now we'll get started with When Continents Collide. That means it's time to turn your page. Or if it's a VHS tape, please remember to hit the rewind button. So Sammy, explain the plot of this one. I actually have to look at my notes first because I don't remember. While you're waiting, uh, the grammar Nazi and me found a really awful typo. Yup. <laughs> they said, can the idol chatter? I've got the attitude sensors. Don't, don't you mean the... Altitude sensors? Is that what that was? 
Yes. I was, what is an attitude? That sense didn't make any sense to me. I, I just left it. Okay. I was like, attitude sense. Okay. They make up weird terms and stuff. I was like, attitude sensors. What? I just left it. I just moved. I, yeah. <laughs> Oh my god, I don't remember what the hell happened in this episode. I literally just watched it before getting on this podcast. That is how... That was how good that episode was. <laughs> Why is it that we remember the... Oh, so this one... Oh, this, it, one this one is... Give me, give me a little doesn't... reminder, because I just made angry notes. Okay, like, it was pretty bad. Why? I only took four notes for this. It's it, too... It was so dumb. <laughs> it's two mini-stories where the first part didn't have any effect on the second one. So it was like... They escape, but then they realize they have half a book left, so make up another mini story. Yeah, like they came back and they did a thing, and then there was like radioactive oil to make their ship float, and so they can spot them, and so they don't so they pollute the water. Them with oh, missiles, missiles, null rays, and explosions specifically, all three. <laughs> and how did they pollute the entirety of the world's water from one source? Or did I just miss something? You forget that the entire planet's connected by a series of underwater caves. <laughs> <laughs> that they alone have mapped out. <laughs> <laughs> For a second, I thought you were going to give me a real answer, and I was going to feel like such a dumb. <laughs> no, you, you know this all, dude. Well, I'm pretty sure they said this was a lake, specifically. Oh, Megatron kills a human, and it's drawn for you. He shoots him with his gun. No, that was a stun. It was he stun. says they flattened him. I mean, squished to death. But the narrator specifically used the word stunned. So that's I wrote a note about that because because obviously he killed all the people. He was gloating about it in a previous episode, <laughs> but in this episode, since this human he talked to, he wanted to murder him immediately. But then they had him do a little bit of stuff. But then I guess the guy was like, okay, I don't. These guys are really also oh, bad. Yeah. So, so he they they did shoot him. But if, since it was on screen, I think that's why they called it. They said that he was just stunned. Okay, so I'll I'll try to jog your memory. Sammy. But then he murders a bunch of people after yeah. that. No, now 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 I'm getting it. Now I remember. It's- they were in a stolen oil rig. Okay, go. No, yeah, they they were in, they were in an oil rig and they had bribed someone with a jeep. A jeep. A jeep. <laughs> a single jeep. So this Not guy. Not money. <laughs> would you would you sell your soul? Uh, and betray your country to aliens for the latest VW Beetle or Toyota Prius. Look, I would. It's ten thousand dollars. I just, or something like that. Like it's fine, I guess. And also, if Starscream was part of the team, I'd be like, man, just take my soul anyways. Like this is fine. You're gonna be like merges your soul with his, and you'll become Soul Masters. Yes. <laughs> That's a new logo. I gotta go copyright that. So then Hasbro has to buy it from me before they can make figures. Hashtag Soul Masters. <laughs> Soul Masters. It's like a normal version of Kiss Players. Oh, and get this. Soul Masters, the, the figures can just look exactly the same. It's just the story that's different. <laughs> and then, then you make more money by not having to change anything. <laughs> yeah, wait, aren't they, isn't that what they're doing with the current toy line? Ah! I'm upset at the current toys. But um, we find out that the Jeep is actually Hound. Does anyone remember Hound? I should have don't. So first of all, this is an Earth oil ship that transports oil in the air. I don't know why. It wasn't an Earth. It was their ship. No, they stole this Earth ship so that they could then dock with this Earth refinery and pretend to just be part of it and get oil for free uh, uh, all the time. But Megatron's like, no, I want it all now. 
And of course, unfortunately, that is how he worked because you know in the damn episode he did the same thing. Yeah, it was an Earth ship. But I don't understand so again, how Hound got on. How did Hound get on there? It was an Earth ship to begin with? Magic. So, yeah, I guess they were just infiltrating. Like they weren't aware of Bumblebee floating around. So let's just <laughs> literally say literally that- floating around. I mean, that one, at least that kind of makes sense. It's possible to, uh, you know, infiltrate this giant ship. They said it was as big as 200 super tankers, so obviously it's pretty big. Mm -hmm. Like, they can't see everything in it. Yeah. So, Um, uh, so Sammy, continue the plot. So, yeah, like, I guess Bumblebee comes by and, like, figures them out. This is where it gets hazy because things happen and then they retreat and... Skyfire, wait, oh yeah, Skyfire is like shooting at them or something because they found their base, except that he has only a little bit of fuel left. But he's like, man, I got enough, I got enough in me to shoot all these missiles and make them escape anyway. So we didn't really need to mention that I had low fuel because I was gonna do it anyways. It was like a callback to the previous episode where he ran out of fuel. Why does he keep running out of fuel? That was my it's, question. You need to give the heroes weaknesses so they can overcome insurmountable <laughs> is the weakness, odds. Is the weakness stupidity? Because he was in the Autobot base in the first book. Okay, no, hold and he up. he was being worked on then before he went to space. They didn't think to refuel him before he went out to space? Skyfire is doing his best and he is the only one who has been doing his job. So even if he does have low fuel all the time, for whatever reason, maybe maybe he ain't eating enough, maybe he's got some anorexic problems happening. So the Decepticons retreat from that explosion, and then what happens? And then they uh, take over a lake's oil mining thing from underwater? Because they're in an underwater ship thing that they have now modified with laser things? <laughs> don't forget the human slaves yeah the human more human slaves yeah so they get control of the oil and then somehow make it radioactive from the lake and then suddenly the u.s and like other nations are fighting or trying to start a war because they think that the other side polluted the water even though we're at a lake <laughs> And so then it's like, all right, time for Optimus to come and save the day. And they're like thinking about it and Prowl's being useless. And Optimus is like, oh, hey, we have this gas that's just hanging about in our ship. Let's use that. And so, or whatever, no, it was a liquid. Sorry, it was a liquid first. And then because of how they use it in the water or something, it turns into gas. And one, unpollutes the water that was polluted. And also makes the Decepticon ship rise into up into the air where they're waiting for them. <laughs> and then they run off. The Decepticons somehow flee, but I'm not entirely sure how that happened. And I don't think the narrator did either. Uh, uh, yeah, because their, their Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle boring machine was the last book. Yes, so. yes. <laughs> I think this book ended up being more ridiculous than the previous book. Because it was going to bring in global war. <laughs> Well, no, because of just, again, the scale of everything, (laughs) the the stupidity of the Autobots, the oil bed was under the lake. So they were draining the oil that was under the lake. But then once the oil was drained out of the cavern where the oil was, obviously it collapsed and stuff. So apparently this oil cavern was so big that it caused complete global instability, which caused a bunch of earthquakes and stuff. So that's why all, all the nations thought they were fighting that uh, they, the U.S. thought the Russians were doing it. The Russians thought the U.S. were doing it. Mm-hmm. Then they were going to start launching nukes at each other before before like auto, the Autobots got involved. Like, how were they able to have a ship 
underground, move around this block while being that big. I just gave up on trying to understand the <laughs> physics and the math behind all of this. And again, this is all to, in the pursuit of energy. They have the resources to do all this stuff. Why are they wasting? Because if you're going to go big or you're not going to go at all. Leave so. the planet. The Autobots are stranded. You leave if you can build all this stuff and go to see, space. See, the, the Decepticons are bad investors. They earn a ton of energy. Then they decide to sacrifice that energy in the hopes that they'll get more energy and then fail <laughs> it three times. Oh, my God. So Optimus Prime's back is in the actual official art when he's speaking. So they thought that wasn't good enough. So they used an image from the actual toy line really highly detailed that doesn't match any of the yeah. art before it and looks nothing like the current images in the storybook. Again, book. this book is also of the watercolor design. Well, this There's is... not a lot of detail uh, that you can see, especially when they do... Well, a little bit when you, they do close-ups and stuff. But yeah, again, they this... did a close-up of Optimus was just completely different art than everything else in every other page. This was the VHS because again, apparently the book wasn't good enough. I mean, more merch, more stuff to buy. So I was just like, yeah, at least... When Condens Collide has a solution, no matter how improbable for how the Earth returned to normal. But I'm assuming they're still fighting in the war-torn land from the first book <laughs> where, <laughs> where the entire middle America is just gone. <laughs> like, there's no more Colorado. No yeah. More, uh, I don't understand. By the end of the 27th book, like, just the world's destroyed. It's it's done. It's gone. Yeah, the world, they should have figured out, tried to figure out a way to evacuate or just been on full alert just looking for these guys. Because they get away the first time after causing a bunch of havoc and stuff. The Autobots don't go chase after them. Apparently, they know where their base is from the previous book when they attacked them uh, and blew up the button for the space the satellite. But yeah, they just let them get away. They come back to the same lake undetected. But I like how they're using human slaves for everything. Like all the other Decepticons are off like are off on holiday leave. Apparently, they're they all went uh, they all went to go swimming or. You know, do whatever in, on Earth. So, and the Constructicons haven't been, you know, either created or don't exist yet, depending on the continuity. They've all just been fired. <laughs> and then after he fails, you know, that'll be the, the continuity reason for no one's there. He fired them all, realized he can't work without them, and then pretended to, you know, and then hired them back by yep. saying that uh, they were more reliable than humans. There. Continuity problem solved. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> So, what did you guys think of this compared to the other two books we read already, the more Marvel hardcover ones? Because one thing I, I the biggest complaint about about this is where's the action in, in any of these stories? The only action is jet versus oil tanker, and then jet versus satellite that doesn't fight back. I'm a little biased towards these stories because I love Skyfire, and like him actually doing things is pretty cool. Um, and also, I like the, uh, the the quality writing in this. It it makes me laugh. You mean the the poorer quality? It's so good. It's so good. I mean, bad. It's kind of better in some ways, but still just kind of bad in other ways. Like the other stories are like bad, bad, and this is just like good, bad. Where it's like it's it's so cheesy that like I'm okay with it. Yeah, you can kind of tell that the writer kind of has. I don't know, the knowledge to write something superior, but, but I just, they're still going to just write a kid's book. I still yeah. can't believe that they made both these books without any action scenes. There's no Optimus fighting Megatron. The other books, that the Marvel ones we've looked at so far, they actually fought and had pictures of them fighting while they're describing it. And in this one, it's just, well, the oil tanker fought Jetfire, and, and that was that. 
And again, and, I, I think part of the reason why that might this might be a cause is because there's only two Decepticons and only a handful of Autobots. So they can't really, there's not a whole lot of fighting scenes, like people to participate in the fighting scenes. Mm-hmm. That's probably why that as soon as they get close, they fly away. Oh, and then I guess that reminds me that they tried to break into the oil tanker, but it was a booby trap. So there's a little bit of action when the two Autobots get blown up and they had to take them back to base. <laughs> <laughs> and that was just like more for filler because there was no point yeah there was this. absolutely no point you're right it was like we never hear from hound again even though he was on the ship oh, bumblebee. <laughs> bumblebee was He's mentioned gone. once and then forgotten i don't know i think it's kind of refreshing to not have uh, fighting directly between the two factions like there's a different plot happening so yeah but it's but we've seen it twice in a row doesn't bode well for me for listening to the other 20-some out there. Are they all going to be the same story where they fight Megatron's giant spaceship and then he just runs away again and that's all these stories ever are? But then again, some of them are based on the third season, so who knows? Yeah, I was going to ask, do you know if you knew if they were all produced before they got pretty far in the season? Because I I would think that maybe some of this stuff would change as... Characters and roles are established in yeah. the actual TV show. All I know is um, on the Transformers Wiki site under cassettes, it said that there were twenty, around twenty-seven of these. One of them looked like it was reprinted, so there might only be twenty-six. That's still too many. <laughs> and I got my you know cassette player so that I can order them off eBay and play every single one with all of you. Oh God, I didn't sign up for this. You knew what you were signing up for. <laughs> <laughs> I just have to make it to Headmasters. <laughs> oh, yeah, you know what? At least this is better than Headmasters. God, everything is better than Headmasters. I don't believe it. I don't believe it. <laughs> I'll take... You know what? I'll, I, I'm sad to say this, but I really think that even Robots in Disguise was better than Headmasters. I never watched any of it, so... I'm talking about uh, Japan Robots in Disguise. Oh, okay. Okay. I'll Not the new one. The new stuff. Not the new one. The old Robots in Disguise from the year 2001. <laughs> With Sky Shark or Skybite? Uh, Skybite, yeah. Even that's better than Headmasters. The only reason you like Headmasters... No, no. That Robots in Disguise, the old one, the Fox seemingly produced one, that is bad. bad. Yeah, Headmasters can't be that bad. I refuse to believe it. I don't care if I've only listened to the theme song and I'm I'm basing my whole opinion on it not being garbage on the theme song being great. So (laughs) Not even the whole theme song, just the first few lines... So the problem is, Headmasters is fun the first few episodes before the main characters show up. (laughs) And then they're all boring, have no personality. So it's like, would you rather watch 30 episodes of a really boring-ass Transformers show, or would you rather just watch 25 or 30 episodes of a really bad Transformers show, Robots in Disguise? Just take your pick. I just find really bad better than really boring. Yeah. Yeah. And then, of course, unless it's, you know, dub headmasters, then that might be up there with it. The dub headmasters <laughs> is fun since they, like, changed all of their names. Like, Blur is Wally. <laughs> Wally? What? That's the only one I can remember. But, like, they changed Blaster to something, too, and, like, a couple of other ones to just, like, normal human names. So any last thoughts for you, Thomas, on this uh, trip down memory lane, only now in VHS form? I mean, not really. I don't think there's anything too special about these books. I mean, outside of the art, they don't seem, like, bad or anything. 
I, I'll be looking forward to seeing if the destruction continues on this scale. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, because definitely the first time we listened to it, we just turned the page and it just kept going. It kept destroying more of the continent, more of everything, and we're like, in the next page, just keep keep going. It's like, what's gonna happen next? The next storybook will be a cloud covers the entire planet, and it's the darkness destroys all the crops, and <laughs> you know, <laughs> the humans are working on a plan to evacuate to the moon or something. <laughs> Yeah, and I guess the other thing I'll be interested in seeing is, as you mentioned before, there's not a whole lot of action. It just seems to be Megatron scheming and Optimus trying to outthink him and like think of a way to solve a, or to resolve the issues. So I, I'll be looking forward to seeing just, will it continue in this style? Sammy, your final thoughts? Um, I do agree with that to see where this goes. If they do change up the formula, they do change the art too. Because of as this keeps going, like, do they just switch to the the show's designs just randomly? Like, no explanation. And I have no idea. I only chose this one originally because I vaguely remembered it as a kid. And I guess I must have lost the book because I only ever had the cassette tape. Whoops. But uh, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm pretty neutral on it. On it, like. Again, I I thought it was cute. I thought it was cheesy. Would I watch it again? No. Would I ever buy this or read the book? No. <laughs> well, hold on. Here's the biggest question: Would either of you buy this and have your kids listen to it? Nope. No. I don't want to. I don't want to have. I don't want to answer the questions they'll ask. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. We're smarter than you know. As the generations go on, we learned that there's certain things that you probably shouldn't let kids yeah. see and experience at a at a younger age yeah there's going to be a lot of questions about what happened to the humans inside of the cave and why was the whole state melted into lava uh, i think I are think those I... people going to be okay or are they just sleeping mommy <laughs> they're sleeping shush <laughs> don't question it well after that exciting <laughs> trip uh we'll be back next time with some more animated episodes so we're signing off now this is sean thomas sammy jumper uh, and good night.